This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay. Uh, happy Monday. Thanks for listening. Shira and Ryan back here in the studio. Hope Guess you had a great weekend. Guess back in the house? And actually, I somewhat celebrated my two-year anniversary. Oh, first of all, today. it was my yesterday. birthday. Oh, and it was your birthday. It was my birthday. Thank you. It's golden all birthday. along the same weekend. No, my golden birthday, 29 on the 29th. Thank you very much. And I saw your post on Twitter. Um, Which post? You posted the pictures. He, Ryan had a fabulous outfit. And the, uh, the post Stop. on Twitter kind of blew up. No. Most of, like my Did interview with Saucy, retweet it? my interview with Saucy Santana also blew up. has a, uh, has almost two hundred thousand views. What? Okay, Did um, Saucy. We're gonna be it? yes, but we're gonna be playing that here on the show. And then I'm I was just as shocked as you that people uh, resonated with you know my photo, your golden time, you know my golden era, just coming out of twenty eight, starting twenty nine. It was beautiful. Normally I hate birthdays, but this birthday was the best Good. I've ever had. I'm so happy for you, and I hope for only more. Yep. Now, let's talk about your anniversary because I know it's itching at you. Uh, No, I was just showing uh, Ryan and Shelby my necklace my boyfriend got me. Beautiful heart diamond necklace. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was basically it. And so he sometimes listens to the show. So, hi. Chris, sending you love. Oh, that was not that was not <laughs> it. The reason why she he got her that that necklace is because she had a her ex had given her a heart necklace that she was still wearing here and there, just still when it wearing. went with the outfits. And so, of course, like any person with some sense, he was like, "Well, first of all, you're not about to wear your ex's heart necklace. <laughs> I'm gonna up it one and get you a better one." Yeah, that's the real story, people. You heard it here first. There you go. I was waiting for you to say it. it'd been weird coming from my, me. It would not have been. You it. got the scoop. I I gave you the exclusive. Okay, coming up on the show, lots happening. How the LGBTQ and ally voters could actually save Florida. There's some sort of hope in 30 minutes. Plus, what to do if your job is ruining your sleep at 4.20 p.m. Pacific, 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Uh, This was interesting. President Biden tested positive for COVID-19 again, uh, but is feeling well two days after the president experienced a rebound of his infection. Your grandmother too? Yeah, so my my grandma, she had COVID, but then she tested, she took an at-home test and it was negative. And she was starting to feel better as well. But then they went, my mom took her to take another like actual test somewhere and it came back positive. I don't know if there's this rebound effect that's just happening, but it is Like it hasn't really gone away? Yeah, and it's still, it, it looks dormant on test, but when you go get an actual like PCR, it's still there. Well, here is Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. 
we haven't seen any reoccurring symptoms. That was in uh, Dr. O'Connor's uh, letter on Saturday, so that continues to be true. As you know, some of you have had COVID, some of you have loved ones and close close friends who have had COVID. Those symptoms that you have don't, don't go away right away. They kind of linger, those minimal uh, symptoms kind of linger for some time, uh, so you could expect that. Uh, and so uh, with that, but there's no, no reoccurring symptoms. He's, he's actually, he's feeling fine. Okay, good. We're happy about that. Uh, Meanwhile, the White House has also released a list announcing President Biden's nomination of eight new federal judicial nominees. And he's going to be also nominating a ninth federal judicial nominee. And if confirmed, this slate would include, get ready, the first openly LGBT judge to serve on the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of California. And also the second Latina to serve on the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California. Well, my only thing is now I'm thinking, uh, like anything, I hope they're both on the right side of history. Even though, because they can be a Joe Manchin okay, yeah. or they can be a Kristen Cinema and just mess up everything, even though they're gay. Or, you know, that's true. Color. That's true. It literally does not matter. Well, uh, some early Yaz Queens. We got some other news coming up, but I wanted some good news at the top of the show. What's happening in entertainment news? All right. Well, let's talk about Chris Rock because hours after Will Smith's apology video on Friday, Chris Rock has his own statement to make. It's time for the T Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So Chris Rock took to the, took to the stage basically to uh, compare Will Smith to former Death Row Records executive and currently incarcerated hothead Suge Knight. He said oh. this. Everyone is, everybody is trying to be an effing victim. If everybody claims to be a victim, then nobody will hear the real victims. Even me getting smacked by Suge Smith. I went to work the next day. I got kids. And he continued on, according to People, said anyone who says words hurt has never been punched in the face. Yeah. No, do not compare it to a, him to a murderer. It's, you know, Come my on. thing is, I don't know if he's at this point just helping or hurting. You know, um, uh, the comic, basically, he's currently touring his new material as a part of his new tour that he has. And he's been doing shows with uh, Kevin Hart. Now, if you did how, somehow miss the Will Smith moment, here's a little bit of the apology. It's, 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 it's all fuzzy. I've reached out to Chris and the, mes- the message that came back is that uh, he's not ready to talk. And when he is, he will reach out. So I will, I will say to you, Chris, I apologize to you. Uh, my behavior was unacceptable and I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. I just gotta say, so much happened on my birthday. Everybody showed out. It was either Beyonce dropping a new album or Will Smith like bringing up something that I feel like we all forgot about. But that's your team report. We got more coming up next hour. Stick around for that. Unresolved stuff happening. Next up, will the Inflation Reduction Act actually help with inflation? More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Senator Joe Manchin spoke about the Inflation Reduction Act on a bunch of talk shows. He's going all out the media circuit. Um, the inflation bill, which Democrats are attempting to pass, is supposed to reform the tax code, cut health care costs, and fight climate change. Here he is uh, on CBS News' Face the Nation. I'm not, my mind, I've never changed at all. This is fighting inflation. This is all about the, the absolute horrible uh, position that people are in now because of the uh, inflation cost. 
whether it be gasoline, whether it be food pricing, whether it be energy pricing, and it's around energy mostly it's driving these high inflation. This is going to do, take care of that because this is aggressively producing more energy to get more supply to get the prices down. That's what we're doing. But we didn't raise taxes, John. Let me start. Well, back with us is Doug Usher from Forbes Tate Partners as we dive in. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like he's just not explaining this properly for people. Because uh, he's, he's the worst? You know, so what does he mean? It's like doing more energy. That's It's not It's not about taxes. Like, I, I'm just confused by it all. I mean, the big news here is this is something that people have been tracking for years now, or feels like years. It's Biden's Build Back Better plan but it's just smaller. Mm. And the inflation argument is part of it, but it's really only a small part because Manchin talked about inflation being a reason why he's opposed it before, and now he's talking about ways that it might help with inflation. But really, there's a lot more in here, and that's the reason he supported it. Well, yeah, and even uh, economists are saying even if this bill does happen, it may actually increase inflation a little bit before it brings it back down. So really... I guess, can you break down really what this bill means? Because I feel like we're just hearing about it, and it sounds like from the title it's a reduction, but is that true? Uh, you know, they talk about inflation because that's the big issue right now. Yeah. But the biggest things in here are dealing with prescription drugs, which people have been promising to deal with for years. Um, it's got a health care extension of some of the important Obamacare subsidies. Um, and there's some taxes in here as well, plus other spending. And I think one of the reasons Democrats are so excited and Republicans are so angry is that they've also pulled one over on Mitch McConnell here, too. So, you know, there's a lot in here for Democrats to like and a lot here in, in here for Republicans to complain about. So, so is this something we should be optim- optimistic about, including with the fact that Manchin has finally kind of leans into this side or forcibly done so? I mean, that's the, you know, <laughs> a trillion dollar question right now. Um, you know, we're here at Ground Zero in Washington and everyone's looking at, I mean, it's all about Manchin right now, but Kristen Cinema holds the magic vote. Thank you. And she has said repeatedly that there's a couple things in here she won't support. And one of them is what's called a change in how you tax carried interest. Again, too complicated and boring for your listeners, but maybe the difference between passage and failure. And then, of course, it's got to go through the House. Um, so, you know, there's a lot that's to be excited about, but there's also some pretty big concerns about whether it can get over the finish. And I just wonder, how did we get to the point where Manchin and Cinema are kind of controlling this administration at this point? They're holding, they've been holding on to so many things where it feels like they end up being like the deciding vote and we have to wait for them to get on board. How did this happen? Well, the joke is that when you have a 50-50 Senate, every senator is the president, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you only have a majority as long as you got 50. So any one of them goes away and you lose them and you lose the you lose the vote. You got 48 senators that are on board with everything in this bill and lots of other bills. But it doesn't really matter because number 49 and number 50 are what matter. Yeah. And what's interesting here is they went straight uh, – Schumer went straight to Manchin and negotiated with him, sort of left cinema, cinema out – betting that cinema will cave. But, you know, heaven knows what's going to happen. So I guess, uh, will this help where we're at right now with inflation or where we're heading? 
from your perspective? You know, I'm not a policy expert, but it seems pretty unlikely that any bill that gets passed now and signed into law next month and doesn't really get enacted for the rest of the year is going to make any difference at all. Mm-hmm. But it may have a big impact on, you know, the Democrats' electoral fortune and may change the dynamic of the Biden presidency. I think that's what people are most interested in right now. I just can't, can't see how it could change the Biden presidency if we don't see results, though. That's my biggest worry. It's like all lip service, right? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, some of the best stuff in here has little to do with inflation, but on things like prescription drugs, okay, it makes yeah. a huge difference. Okay, that was Doug Usher from Forbes State Partners. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Always a pleasure. All right. All right, next up, Gladys joining us to discuss their new poll on LGBTQ voters in Florida, and there may be a plot twist that we actually will be happy about. Coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. A new poll done by Gladys showing something remarkable. The same LGBTQ plus and ally voters who are at the hand of the anti-LGBTQ legislation are now in the position to make the deciding difference in the state's elections this November. Now, before we bring in our guest, here's a small clip of Gladys speaking to a family actually in Florida with a a trans child. And this is a video that Glad is going to probably be making public soon. Right now it's private, but, you know, we got the the exclusive. Dempsey Jarrah is like any other 10-year-old kid growing up in Florida. But one of her unique qualities that she shares with over 350,000 kids across the U.S., Dempsey is transgender. So the best day I had in my whole life was when I got my birth certificate changed and... So, yeah, it was very exciting and happy. This was something that was persistent and consistent and insistent that she, you know, I am not a boy. It's just who she was. And for us, it was just kind of learning and following her lead and, you know, educating ourselves and becoming more aware of, you know, different issues. All right. Well, here to join us uh, to talk more about this new poll and what this means is Zeke Stokes, the president of ZS Strategies at L- uh, ZS Strategies LLC. Thanks so much for joining us. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. No, of course. Please uh, break down this new poll because it feels like should we be getting our hopes high? We shouldn't be getting our hopes high. We should be getting our votes high. That's the only thing that matters in this uh, this election. Um, this poll, I think, demonstrates that the attacks that have been levied against LGBTQ people in Florida and across this country, really, over the last couple of years, um, are having an impact on what is motivating our community to turn out. We know that in 2020, LGBTQ voters made the deciding difference in key races across the country, particularly when it comes to who controls the House and the Senate and even the White House. And it looks like we're poised to do that again, but it only works if we register and turn out. So so LGBTQ voters and allies are riled up, which is great. But will that matter when it comes to the the totality of people getting out there to vote? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it can matter in a very big way. If you look at the governor's race in Florida, for instance, in 2018, it was decided by just 32,000 votes out of more than uh, 8 million. And yet we know that 77% of LGBTQ and ally voters in Florida have an unfavorable opinion of Governor DeSantis. That's a lot of people. If you look at close races across the country in 2020, uh, Senator Warnock's race in Georgia, um, the Pennsylvania uh, race for president, 
those were very, very small margins. And we know that had LGBTQ people not turned out in record numbers in 2020, uh, we would not have a pro-equality majority in the U.S. Senate today uh, and potentially in the House and certainly not in the White House. So the numbers are there. The math makes sense. And we know that the power uh, of our community and, and those who support us, our allies, is incredibly strong um, if we will just use it at the ballot box. Yeah, I always feel, though, that there is kind of like this generational gap, our age gap, specifically with who actually talks about the issues that are happening versus who are actually voting. And so I always wonder, is that playing a huge part in this, depending on, you know, older people obviously do go and vote versus young folks. It does not seem like they do. Yeah, you know, older voters can be relied on um, to vote every time the polls are off, open, and unfortunately, um, there uh, that 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 declines as as age goes down. One of the things that we've done at, at Glad is we've looked at voter turnout across the country, and we've identified uh, a, a, a universe of millennial and Gen Z voters who are at risk of not voting in 2022. And here's why. They voted in 2020, but they didn't vote in 2018, 2019, or 2021 when they had opportunities to do so in state and local elections. So these are what we would call irregular voters. We're focused like a laser on making sure that these folks understand their political power, that they understand the issues that are at stake, and that they understand that they can make a difference in key races up and down the ballot. And we're not just talking about the Senate and the House and governor's races. If you look at where a lot of this anti-LGBTQ animus is happening, it's happening at the school board level and on city councils and county councils, we can make a massive impact with very small numbers in those kinds of races. And we're poised to do that. Um, I guess, were you surprised by uh, these results? Um, I also personally was surprised, but I guess people need to choose different things like abortion rights was at the top 47% of top issues, 19% to protect LGBTQ equality. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you know, what I think it says is not that we don't care about our own equality, but um, that we are a very intersectional community. Abortion rights is an LGBTQ issue. Gun safety is an LGBTQ issue. Of course, we, uh, no one knows that better than the people of Florida after the Pulse tragedy. Uh, we care about issues that impact our bottom line, our, our pocketbook, inflation, reducing housing costs, costs, and finding affordable housing. So LGBTQ equality, you know, when it comes to protecting our right to, to be married and hold a job and, and, and be treated equally under the law is really important. Yeah. But all of these other things impact impact us too. So what should Democrats be doing, especially to keep voters motivated? I always always look at Democrats in, in the ways where I'm like, they have a messaging issues. And I, I wonder what should they be focused on right now to make sure that people see polls like this and stay motivated to get out there with the midterms being right around the corner. Well, it's important to remember that GLAD does not endorse candidates or political parties, uh, and I'm an advisor to GLAD, so I won't advise the Democratic Party uh, as a part of this call. But I will say that um, anyone running for public office in this country on any in any party ought to take this very seriously. We know that uh, somewhere north of 20 percent uh, of, L- of, of uh, millennials in this country and Gen Z Um, identify as LGBTQ. That is a very large part of the voting population. And we're seeing election after after election, our power, our electoral power increase because our community's numbers are increasing. So elected officials can't take us for granted. Um, And I think this poll demonstrates that um, that if we get out and vote, uh, we can make the difference. 
Okay, that was Zeke Stokes, the president of ZS Strategies, LLC. Check out the uh, GLAD study about this, this poll of LGBTQ and ally voters in Florida showing how they're positioned to mm-hmm. vote in November. Thank you again. And coming up next on the show, can you be gay, Latino, and Republican? This GOP candidate seems to say yes. More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, it seems like a gay Latino Republican is making headlines who's running for Congress. uh, And his name is George Santos. You might be hearing this name a lot because it seems like um, a lot of the uh, leading Republicans are vouching for him. He's running he's in Long Island. If you know they're vouching for, that means you know he's an idiot. Yeah, so here's a little bit of his teaser trailer. Don't NYC my Long Island. No, seriously. The politicians in Manhattan are destroying New York City, and we don't want those bad policies here in Long Island. We see the devastating effects, and we want nothing to do with it. We reject AOC killing jobs. We reject Cuomo killing Nanas. We reject Bill de Blasio defunding the police. A billion dollars. You don't like the police? Don't call them. But over here in Long Island, we love the police. And we back the blue. Failed leadership from the radicalized Democrats have turned New York City into a third world hellhole. So let's talk about this guy, right? He is the son of Brazilian immigrants. He, um, (laughs) which... You know, there's something about being a Republican and hating immigrants when you actually are a product of immigrants, which is quite interesting to me. He's also said that him and his husband has been uh, shunned from New York City pride parades over the Republican political uh, beliefs. I can I could probably see that happening. I think that's pretty um, that that probably could have happened Including at some when, point. Yeah, when re- um, majority of Republicans are voting against LGBTQ rights. You know, um, I just am so. Um, actually, him being a, a Latino gay Republican is probably like the least shocking thing about him. Because if you look at it demographically, uh, more most Latinx folks, communities do vote Republican. Yeah, There are law cabin Republicans. And guess what? Even them are hating themselves because they are realizing that the Republican Party doesn't care about them. You know, there's reports that have talked about that where they ma- realize there's some major mistakes being made. There's happened. like a reality check happening. <laughs> you what? know? Um, and so it's just, and also, is it really any, um, is it, it really any, like, like, thumbs up if you're being, you know, kind of backed by, like, Kevin McCarthy? <laughs> Probably not. Like, I that mean, just feels gross. And uh, so in the article that's in Daily Mail, he does talk about being gay. In the campaign announcement of his, he says he's Latino. He um, is the son of immigrants. That is all that he says. He actually does not mention that he is gay in the video, which is like that that's your choice. It doesn't your identity doesn't need to be part of your campaign. But it's like when then you're adding the fact that Well his like identity a, can't be a part of his campaign because his party hates gay people. So that's a different thing. It's not about him accepting himself. His party hates him. Um so you know, now he, I think he's using that as a way to, I would say it's, 
it's a it's a really easy way to make headlines, including with more right leaning publications. When you say like, "Oh, I'm being scorned by the gay community," um, and like the left are shunning me and they're not accepting me and all that and feeding. I don't into know what you want. Thing. Why we're not going to get, if, if uh, queer folks are queer trans folks are constantly fighting for their lives. We don't have time to accept people who are going to further. Uh, hate us and, and, and join a side that is hating us and our ability to live our lives in, a, in every single way. But, uh, yeah. So it's just like, I don't know what he really wants. I don't know what he's looking for. But uh, honestly, um, the Long Island, just stay in Long Island. I, to be honest, Pete Davidson came from Long Island. Maybe he should be there. He wasn't from Long Island. He's yes, from, he was. Uh, wasn't it the other place? It's not Rhode Island. It's Long Island. No. Oh. Yes. Wait a second. Pete <laughs> Everything comes back to Pete Davidson. <laughs> and by the way, stop Long. saying Nazis were socialists. You do not connect with me as a Jew because your grandparents were Holocaust survivors. Long Island. I thought it was something else. I was right. Anyway. Well, there you go. That does not get our Yaz Queen of the Day. That gets our... Oh, Staten Island. There you go. I was right. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, we are back. Welcome to Let's Go There. Yes. And we have something cool that we are bringing you. <laughs> yes, even though Shira sounds uh, a little... I'm intrigued. <laughs> intrigued. I'm going to tell you the tea because I'm super excited that Channel Q is doing this. I'm such a huge fan of this artist, Ben Platt. Ooh, yes. We have a flyaway to see him. Channel Q wants to fly you and a friend to Orlando to see Bill, uh, Ben Platt at his biggest North American tour to date. Enter to win at WeAreChannelQ.com for your chance to win round-trip airfare for two, a two-night hotel stay, a $200 gift card, and two VIP tickets to see Ben Platt in Orlando, October 6th. Just head over to WeAreChannelQ.com and enter for your chance to win. I am obsessed with this. I'm super excited. And if I could literally, you know, join and, and try to, like, you know, apply to whatever this is, I would do it. And immediately. I love Ben Platt. He's incredible. Yeah, maybe just pull some favors. He's incredible. He was, um recently I got asked a question like, 
who's your guilty pleasure musician yeah. that people probably wouldn't guess or know. And he's my guilty pleasure musician, Ben Platt, for sure. I listen to all his albums. I watched his Netflix um, uh, performance at uh, at some place he did in New York City uh, for his last album. I'm obsessed with him. He's so good. He makes great music. And he's Jewish. Thank God for the Jews. Just that saying. just does it all. That's the... Keep the Jewish the name alive. The icing on the cake. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, coming up... One in eight LGBTQ Americans live in states that can refuse them health care. We're talking about these numbers, how to protect your rights in 15 minutes. Then we've got some tea. OMG, Netflix is suing some folks who it seems are using the Bridgerton name. We'll tell you more in oh, a yeah, moment. Oh, yeah, that was saucy. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Donald Trump uh, justified Russia's prosecution of WNBA player Brittany Griner, saying that she, I, I don't even want to say what he said here. Here's a clip. Just She went in there, loaded up with drugs into a hostile territory where they're very vigilant about drugs. They don't like drugs. And she got caught. And now we're supposed to get her out. And she makes a, you know, a lot of money, I guess. But we're supposed to get her out for a absolute killer. And one of the biggest arms dealers in the world killed many Americans, killed many people. And he's going to get a free card and we're going to get her. She knew you don't go in there loaded up with drugs. And she admitted it. I assume she admitted it without too much force because it is what it is. What? Loaded up. She had like... Well, you know, he's point always something grand. He's always been good at revising Sheesh. history. He's a revisionist, oh, yeah. um, and he also is very good at that when it comes to to pe- uh, people of color specifically. And so the fact that he's saying that is, you know, it's not shocking. It's absolutely gross. Uh, whatever. Yeah. All right. Moving on to President Joe Biden, who announced uh, today that a CIA counterterrorism strike in Afghanistan. Afghanistan killed al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawahiri, and he's slated to speak from the White House at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. That just broke. And finally, a member of the far-right Three Percenters Militia, Guy Reffitt, uh, who's 49 from Wiley, Texas, was sentenced to more than seven years in prison for his role in the January 6th riot at the Capitol building. It's actually the longest sentence yet for any of the insurrectionists. He was convicted by a jury in March of five felony charges, including bringing a gun onto the Capitol grounds and obstructing an official proceed- uh, proceeding. He had actually threatened to harm his own children if they had ratted him out to the FBI. Talk about a winner. He said, if you turn me in, you're a traitor. His son told that to jurors, and traitors get shot. <laughs> All wow, right. that's intense. That well, uh, actually, now he's going to jail. That is really Talk about intense. traumatizing your family wow. forever. You what? traumatize the nation. Traumatize, pretty much traumatized everyone else in his life. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Oh, my God. Let's talk about this super kind of late reaction to this Whatever, let's talk about the super late reaction coming from Netflix, where they are now suing some just creators. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So we all loved Bridgerton. We loved it. It was a great show. Remember how it took TikTok and social media by storm? I where thought you were going to say it like it took 10 years to get to the sex scenes. That too. No. I, okay. I, that's not <laughs> anywhere alert. where I was looking for, but <laughs> all right. Well, it became one of the streamers' most popular hit series, uh, which, of course, soon inspired plenty of fan th- theories, content creation, and even original music. Well, now... Netflix is suing those folks who came up with like these content ideas and original music ideas. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So, following all of the big 
um, you know, the big premiere, the love. Uh, Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear announced their intentions to make their own and musical inspired by the show via TikTok. Now, after going viral on the platform, the musical duo were eventually able to record their numbers uh, numbers on a basically unofficial soundtrack, which is currently actually streaming on Spotify. Well, um, if you didn't know, Barlow and Bear, who they've actually they've won a Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album. I don't think it's for this, but they've now been named in a copyright infringement lawsuit by Netflix like a year later, which people are like, what is going on? Uh, they said um, de- defendants Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear and the companies Barlow and Bear have taken valuable intellectual property from the Netflix original series Bridgerton to build an international brand for themselves. Um, it's a parody account. <laughs> Netflix owns the exclusive rights, of course, to create Bridgerton songs and musicals and on any other derivative works based on Bridgerton. But I just don't think this is fair, especially when we saw on, Netflix, uh, on TikTok, we saw how they did Ratatouille, the musical, and that was such a fun hit. Like, we saw all of this. I mean, on Clubhouse, there was Lion King, the musical, where just individuals got together and just were doing these things to bring each other close. And now Netflix has decided a year and some change later, a couple years and change, uh, change later that they are literally about to sue them. Here's the thing. Uh, you could say in a description like this is like the unofficial Bridgerton musical. I think that it's including it in like And that's the what they're saying. Thing. They literally are including that. It is the yeah. unofficial Bridgerton musical. And it's like it's, I mean, the reaction was pretty popular. It was a big hit. I mean, the question was, was Netflix willing to navigate? According, according to their lawsuit, it claimed that Netflix was willing to negotiate with Barlow and Bear for a license, which they allegedly refused. Which, now, if they didn't do that, then, girl, it's out of my hands. Yeah, I mean, me any out. lawyer would say, like, you can, ex- like, people could say you're, like, the unofficial Bridgerton. Like, you can't call yourself that and put it in press and, like, the title of your thing. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's, they need a better lawyer. Yeah, and Shonda Rhimes, who created the show, has reacted. She said, what started as a fun celebration by Barlow and Bear on social media has turned into uh, the blatant taking of intellectual property solely for Barlow and Bear's financial benefit. Yeah. If you want to know more, head over to WeirdChannelQ.com. We're going to keep you updated as this develops. That really sucks, though, because I really did like that unofficial bridge to music. Figure it out. They just won't call it. Chef's Kiss. Call it that. Just change the name. Yeah, just call it British music. (laughs) That's all it is. <laughs> by Americans. Okay, next up, by white Americans. Uh, one in eight LGBTQ people live in states that can refuse them health care. What we can do to protect access to health care next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. One in eight LGBTQ people now live in states where doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals can legally refuse to treat them. Yeah, that's just crazy it's according to the movement advancement project not necessarily new information but unfortunately it is information we got to talk about exactly and back with us is nbc outs joe yurkaba thanks for being here of course happy to be here so uh south carolina now joins mississippi alabama arkansas tennessee ohio and illinois um, what does this tell us about the current state of religious rights in this country when they are using that as an excuse not to take care of LGBTQ folks? Well, advocates have told me that, um, you know, it just shows us that this, these religious rights are expanding. Um, and what they're afraid of is that this means that it'll be taken as a license to discriminate against LGBTQ people. When in reality, you know, doctors have always had this right to refuse uh, certain procedures or refuse to go on a certain type of medicine um, if it violates their religious beliefs. 
but they think that these laws will be interpreted as, you know, for example, someone might um, object to providing a double mastectomy or a top surgery to a transmasculine person, and then they would provide that same surgery to a cis woman if she had breast cancer. Um, and so in that kind of case, it would be discrimination, but we're seeing in, an increasing number of these cases where, you know, that kind of thing is happening. So uh, I and remind me, or correct me if I'm wrong, but you're saying that this has always been the case in some ways? Like, how bad was it before this? Yeah, so we definitely know that, you know, LGBTQ people face healthcare discrimination and have always faced it. Um, so what this is doing is really just giving um, physicians in certain states uh, more of a right to do that, and they're protected legally in some cases to refuse certain treatments. Um, and But even in other states, the problem is, right, that uh, in states that don't have these laws, uh, people are still facing discrimination. And there's this uh, example in California um, where a man wanted to get a hysterectomy, a trans man, and the hospital was a Catholic hospital. It refused to provide that to him. And he sued. And California, you know, we think has very strong non-discrimination laws. Um, But it just kind of shows that this isn't limited even just to these states. And it's It has happened and will continue to happen in other states as well. And you even mentioned in your reporting that uh, some people are not even talking about it. Like doctors aren't saying anything. Right. So you might assume that they're discriminating against you, but you actually don't have the evidence. What are people supposed to do in that case? Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of the issue with this. Right. Like uh, a couple of people I spoke to all told me that they thought that their doctor, you know, had turned them away for religious reasons um, or, uh, you know, they and their primary care provider were very close and then they came out to them as trans and all of a sudden the doctor was acting very differently. And one woman actually told me that, you know, her primary care provider, when she told him, I'm a trans woman, I'm going to start using um, hormone replacement therapy, he told her, well, if you're going to pursue that, like, you're going to have to seek medical care elsewhere. Um, And, of course, he didn't tell her, I'm doing this because of my religious beliefs, which makes it very hard for you to file any kind of lawsuit or have any kind of legal recourse. Wow. So I I guess moving forward, what do we, how does this get fixed? What what does this mean? How are people and advocates suggesting trans folks navigate this, unfortunately? Yeah. So Jenny Pizer at Lambda Legal told me that this is kind of a gray area and is a part of the law that's continuing to develop. And unfortunately, like uh, trans people and all LGBTQ people are kind of waiting on the court system to really decide this issue because it looks different all across the country. Um, so what people can do, you know, is if they think they faced healthcare discrimination, they can still file a claim um, with the Department of Health and Human Services, with the Office of Civil Rights, or they can contact, you know, their local a- ACLU. Um, but unfortunately, this is kind of a like wait and see type of case we're, we're seeing here. Do you see this getting worse? Are we kind of like at the point where uh, are there other states that are working to implement this? Um, As of right now, I don't think there are any bills that are active that look like they're going to become law. Um, But I mean, advocates tell me all the time that they expect this to get worse. Um, And we're, you know, because of language used during the Trump administration and language we're seeing um, being used by legislators in states that are passing anti-LGBTQ legislation, they say it's really emboldening, you know, providers or business owners, um, photographers, people who make wedding cakes, 
to refuse people more often, right? They feel like they have a stronger case. Yeah. Um, so we're absolutely going to see this more in the future, I think. And I'm just uh, remembering President Biden uh, back in Pride Month, there was this big news about him signing a historic executive order advancing LGBTQI equality during this during Pride Month. But I'm wondering, how does the work that we need President Biden to, to face this sort of discrimination, is it being implemented? And is it too late at this point since we're already seeing it being happening in several different states at this point? Yeah, exactly. It seems like it's it's really hard for the Biden administration to tackle these cases um, that are happening, you know, all across the U.S., right? And the process to um, sort of file with the Office of Civil Rights, to file a complaint with them, is very difficult, and it takes a long time, right? And a lot of people who experience health care discrimination don't have time or don't know how to go onto the Office of Civil Rights and submit a complaint, um, and so that's kind of the issue with, like, the executive orders that he's issued is just that they're not addressing these things that are happening every day because, you know, at that level, you can kind of send out a memo that says, hey, this is what the law says. You shouldn't discriminate against people. But it's very hard to make sure that that's getting down to the provider level in every single state. OK, well, uh, that was Joe Yerkeba from NBC Out. Thank you so much again. Thank you for having me. Now, let's talk about the end of friendships and how the end of row is actually changing that for the better and for the worse. Mm. Coming up next, don't go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, with all the conversations around vaccines, COVID-19, and mm-hmm. most recently, the end of row, one question we are asking is, have friendships taken a hit or gotten better these last few years? And this conversation was inspired by our good friends over at Washington Post, who did a really cool, interesting conversation that was really just only centered around how we have conversations around abortion, the importance of it. But this really is such a relatable conversation about so many things that I feel like have come up for us over the last few years. And when I say us, I mean like everyone who yeah. is having difficult conversations over the, the, the dinner table or during the holidays, which is a big no-no. But I guess I just wonder with you all, and I want producer Shelby in this conversation, so you can go ahead and swallow that little ravioli you eating <laughs> over there. Um, have you all lost or gained any friends based off of like your sim- similar or different like differing views recently? I think both. I yeah. I said Shelby first. Oh, oh and they first? said both of us. No, yeah. I, didn't. <laughs> I don't think these conversations really have anything to do with my loss or gain of friends. Um, I'm someone who I will not be friends with someone if your views do not align with mine because. That just means you're. if they don't align with, with mine, then they're going against my needs and my rights. Um, so any of the friends I have made recently in this political climate have, I don't know, we haven't really had the conversations, actually. Mm. See, I come from an older generation, Shelby. No, <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, a lot of... Oh, well, you're right. You are the oldest in the room. I am the oldest in the room. And I think that uh, conversations around these things have changed. Like, I don't remember... Um, 10 years ago having as many political conversations like things would come up and you actually you'd assume it's like I remember people came together like I knew my friends who had um, who were helping Cory Booker when he was running and like Obama and like you'd have those friends coming together and you know who those are but then the others like 
you wouldn't think about the others, what they were doing, the ones that weren't talking, <laughs> right? As yeah. much as you do now. Yeah. And people also weren't speaking up as much on social media then, right? And so you didn't really know where everyone stood. You kind of had this assumption, mm-hmm. and then you kind of, there was this a bit more acceptance of like, oh yeah, we're on different sides of the aisle, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was, there was a bit of that kind of acceptance of like, this is just the way the world works. I- and it's gotten more heated, and for good reason, um, as time has continued. Yeah, I mean, I look at this and I think about, I do feel like I gave a, people a little bit more grace and space yeah. at one point in time, yeah. like even maybe like four or five years ago. Um, but I think after what we went through, like collectively 2020, when we're thinking about like, just race in this country and, and just also like the views of how polarized like things got when it came to just simply getting a vaccine and all these things, I think... Once it's, I always look at it this once your mind is unlocked and you see things like and you kind of start noticing things, there's no way you can close the, the door, there's no way you can go back to that, that old version of yourself where you yeah. kind of let things slide. And so, for me, I most definitely separated myself from folks who I, I, I felt were still navigating in a certain way. I most definitely separated myself from people I felt that weren't having these conversations are, you know, even trying to learn more about it. I for sure separated myself um, from these spaces because I just couldn't do it. And I I wonder, did if you, okay, even though you didn't, you don't have these people in your life, of course, Shelby, are, you know, and just in general, I just wonder if you don't see eye to eye with someone, can you actually make it work? Like, I feel like actually Shira, oh. this is this is something that I feel like comes up a lot with when we have conversations about mm. the people specifically that yeah. are still in your circle. Mm. And not even maybe direct circle, but they've said certain things or maybe you've even challenged well, them on certain things, yeah, but they yeah. still think a certain way. Mm-hmm. I wonder how you still can be friends with them. I don't really. It's kind of like I know they're friends of friends, so I'll see them in, you know what I mean? Like if we're all out, they might be invited. Um, or I go so deep with that person, like, at, you know, uh, that they haven't really said that they're fully in a certain way, but that we don't agree with certain things. Like, so. And why, I guess, see, and that's But most of the times I would say, here's, here's the thing is like, there's a lot of people I'm, I'm just not friends and I just don't communicate with them. Like, I just, you know, I didn't say, hey, you're cut off, but it's just like, I've, enough times brought up the conversation with them yeah. that it's a turn off for them to hang out for, with me. Well, it's a turn off for me to I hang also out with them. I sometimes still feel very conflicted because I'm like, I don't want to be surrounded only by people who have like similar, like in your own same, echo chamber. You know, yeah, it's like a, it's just a repeating of itself. But I also think there are some things that are just, this, you can't nudge on. Yeah. I can't, I will not nudge on the fact that you think this certain way. Just because I want to have somebody around that's different. There's certain things, exactly. If I want somebody different, I'll just be around Shira more. (laughs) Hell. I'm happy I give you a (laughs) No, I think there's certain things that are just really problematic and get into the, there's no room territory. Yeah. Um, I think there are certain things that, though, are in the gray area that lean into the no room territory. (laughs) Like, I think that the anti-vaxxers are that. It's like the people that are in that gray area typically end up leaning towards this other area, even if they don't talk about those things. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so I do think like when it comes to really clear human rights issues, it's a it's pretty difficult to walk that back and and continue being friends with someone in that way, especially now more than ever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think we just we're seeing uh, so many people's lives in danger 
And it's just not as simple of just saying this is just a simple difference. Yeah, and, and what I would say is... This is humanity. Yeah, yeah. And what I would say is my experience is that a lot of the people... Uh, I have really interesting conversations that actually do move the needle. And I think that if I was in a place to assume and just say write people off, it would have stopped them possibly from learning and us having and a conversation. And what's considered moving the needle? Seeing a different perspective, saying, oh, I didn't see that perspective. Thank you. And that changes my mind of how I look okay, at this. Okay, all right. And you know what? I wouldn't expect people who are on the line of fire to do that, although it is frustrating for me and triggering for me. I do think it's like, if you know something, share something, right? Well, and then also be, I think, equipped about having, if you're going to have these kind of, if you're going to engage in it, you also have to kind of do the work to find out what you're talking about so you're not out here just leading the train thinking you know what you're talking about when you don't. Yeah, it's not like I'm a professor, expert, doctorate. Well, that wasn't directed to you. That was just me speaking specifically. <laughs> Professor Shira in the house. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this brings up a lot. Um, but once again, if your emotions are at stake, is this leading to like mental health issues, like having those conversations with other people? It's not worth it. Yeah. It is not worth it. Yeah. Move on, carry on. Yeah. Find the people that fit what you like and who you are, because there's a lot of those people out there. Well, next up, Beyonce is the second artist to get backlash for using this ableist slur in a song. And we're talking about it next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, it seems like Beyonce was accused of using an ableist slur in her new track, Heated, and she's now removing it from the song. Uh, And it sends a a reminder to all of us listening to avoid using offensive terms, no matter how popular they become. Uh, This is something, it's a word I think a lot of us have used, and until recently, it's come up as um, many have realized this is a slur. To be honest, I've never used this word, like, because I just don't ever see it coming up in my vocabulary, like the... Um, but it is, I mean, it's in the dictionary. It does have a formal definition for it. Did you the say word the word is, yet? Yeah, the word is spaz. Uh, and so, yeah, according to uh, the dictionary, it's a slang term. It's been used to describe losing physical or emotional control. And Which is how it, it's been used in these in these songs. So I understand that. But I think there's been a lot of frustration around people like calling these artists out and then the artists like end up changing it, which has been wonderful. Yeah. Because I think Lizzo, which it just happened to, that she happened, had a song yeah. called Girls yep. that dropped and she used it and then Beyonce used it and heated. And, and so like, I appreciate it because I think one thing that people are realizing, a lot of people have just been saying online, like, oh, Gen Z is so emotional. Or like they're woke so, or something. Like, they're so sensitive. And it's just like, well, guess what? Language changes. Language evolves. And we should be, like, kind of thinking about that. But I will say this. I do wonder, why do we feel a certain way about certain words when, like, there's, like, words, like, you know... The B word or an N word in in a lot of different songs, in my opinion, who are that is just as offensive as the words, you know, spaz, just as offensive. Can I just explain why for people to be like, what's the spaz? Because spastic is a form of muscular weakness, spastic paralysis, typical of cerebral palsy. So there, oh, it's yeah. a dis, you know, there are people who have disabilities, well, and and difference? now we're finally, I think that we're now in a time, just like as we know, people are speaking out and feeling more safe to speak out about these things. Are we saying that there's more there's more sensitivity around people with disabilities than racial language? I think that in general, every type of, uh, I think a lot of terms that quote unquote we normalize, but we're still very offensive, and people maybe. We're speaking out about it, but it wasn't being heard. Now people 
are hearing them and more aware that it's wrong. Other examples, and these are other words to avoid. Well, everybody, here's the thing. What? Everybody, even when, you know, the most cringy thing and what we've been seeing a lot at uh, music festival clips mm-hmm. where people in the crowd are still saying words like the N-word and we're just like, you're rapping along are with lyrics. About the white that's people. offensive. Yes. yes. That, well, that should be talked about. Crowd, that should be very clear. Ju- but no one says anything I, I in thought, the ways that we're talking about it in I, like spats. I thought Kendrick Lamar, there was a story years ago, a video when that went viral of like him bringing up a white guy and then when it came up and him saying the word and everyone was like, no, no, you're not supposed yeah, to say that. Yeah, but that was that. like once. Doja Cat just t- did it. Uh, yeah. Another rapper just took it. I mean, so, yes, it's festival, not one or the other. All, it. all of it should but be But I do think out. the conversation around it is different. I personally, I feel like I've heard similar things, but it's more that the artist, it's the artist that's being called out, not the fans or the people. That's the difference right now. Yeah, but I think the fans are are now engaging in conversations totally. around this this language, and they're say, they're expecting language to change for certain words, and now to, uh, all the words that are offensive. Uh, well, we get to have all those conversations. Can I, before we leave, you really want to give the list? Give I the do want to share other words to avoid. Oh, right? you, are you going to say all these problematic words? <laughs> <laughs> we need to know. We've said that other word. Well, I'm being OCD. Okay. Like, right. these are things that you throw off, like, as not a big deal because we tend to be like, I am this, you're that. And it's actually very, uh, it, it's harmful for people actually experiencing mm, you're these OCD. things. I'm yeah, so I say, ADHD, I ADD. Oh, wow. I've heard that a couple times. Get so. Oh, wow. Who's so. Uh, kill me or I'm going to kill myself, which, yeah. See, I'm a firm believer in the or, power and, of the tongue. And bipolar. A lot of people. Like, these are you things. You say these things, and honey, guess what? Next minute, you are getting the diagnosis. <laughs> I mean, it's for if you actually feel like you have one of these things, that's one thing versus just throwing it around and calling other people that. Yeah, I'm just saying. Be careful what you manifest, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Giveaway alert. Guess what? <laughs> I sound evil. Are you giving away I'm giving like away uh, evilness? Like the devil or something? Yes, actually, sign up for the devil. It's very, it's actually very lucrative if you sign up for the devil. All you got to do is give away your soul for a like a small price of nine ninety nine oh, or six sixty six. Either one. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, six sixty six. Yeah, you're welcome. Anyway, Channel Q wants to fly you on a friend to Orlando to see Ben Platt at his biggest North American tour to date. Enter to win at WeAreChannelQ.com for your chance to win. And y'all, get ready for this. You get to win round-trip airfare for two, a two-night hotel stay, $200 gift card, and two VIP tickets to see Ben Platt on October 6th in Orlando. Which also means, isn't um, what else is in Orlando? Isn't that close to Disney World? Uh, Orlando is Disney World. Oh, it is? I thought Disney World was its own place. Orlando, Florida. Yeah, I know, but it's like its own place. Well, it is. But yeah, basically you go to Orlando to go. Well, Orlando's a city. Yeah. Oh. Okay, well, we're going to, we're going to, producer Chell's going to fact check that. Um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I've been there. (laughs) It is? Unless I'm crazy. Orlando, Florida, a.k.a. Disney World. Okay, I thought it was called like Hollywood, like Hollywood, Florida is something. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's districts. I think there's also like Universal is in Orlando, and it's like it's just like the mecca about like Universal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, if you want these two VIP tickets for October 6th with all the hotel stay, the $200 gift card, the round trip airfare for two, you and a friend, all y'all got to do is head over to Enter to Win. We are ChannelQ.com. Go now. Do it before you lose your chance. And don't worry, we won't test you on what Orlando is. 
But we will test you for COVID and monkey. Yes, there you go. Next up, uh, how many years of your life do you spend to sleep and how to make the best of it in 15 minutes? And a celeb couple coming out about a cheating scandal in the T-Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. Far-right Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, you know, she is giving her take on the monkeypox outbreak, and it is um, not good. Oh, yeah, great. I'm there she is. really not looking forward to this. Of course, monkeypox is a threat to some people in our population, but we know what causes it, and, and that's pretty much... Um, it's it's a basically a sexually transmitted disease, uh, so it's not a threat to to most of the population, and so it's not a global pandemic. It's really not, and people just have to have to laugh at it, mock it, and and reject it. So I think it's it's another scam. What are you talking about? We will laugh at you and mock you if that's what you want, because one, it, it, according to reports and. Um, and many uh, outlets. It's also impacting households, families, kids. Just saying. It's just really making me upset and actually like fearful about how Republicans are going to weaponize this to further, um, you know, to, to further like push their narrative around what queer folks are and the the more anti LGBTQ legislation that we yeah, see. Yeah, it's all connected. It's going to be it's it's going to be really dangerous as this further goes along. If we keep having this conversation about it being just simply a sexually sexual transmitted disease, that's going to do some real dangers, especially because they're connecting it to queer folks. It's a problem. Yep, it is a problem. Think uh- about it. And moving on to a school district in uh, southeastern Wisconsin who's telling teachers that they're no longer allowed to put their pronouns in their email signatures, display pride flags in their classrooms, or even wear clothes with rainbows because they make people, quote, uncomfortable. Oh, my God. Uh, This is from the superintendent who said the expectation is that teachers and administration will not have political flags or religious messaging in their classroom or on their person. He also said that Black Lives Matter and Make America Great Again signs are included in the ban. Moving on to Senator James Lankford, who is the latest Republican to come out against the Respect for Marriage Act. Lankford appeared on the Family Research Council podcast, Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, announced he will absolutely oppose the legislation. Ten Republican senators have now indicated they'll vote against the bill, while 35 are undecided or haven't announced their intentions. Five Republican senators have said they'll likely support it. That was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Um, well, you know, Neo's wife is not only sick of the love songs, she's sick of the tears. And I don't blame her. Um, let's talk about it because she is divorcing his cheating ass. It's time for the T-Report those pop culture stories. Who's crying now? <laughs> right now. You know what? Crystal Renee shared an impassioned statement via Instagram on Saturday in which she accused her husband of cheating on her numerous times with other women over the course of their nearly decade-long relationship. Eight years of lies and deception. Eight years of unknowingly sharing my life and husband with numerous of, numerous of women who sell their bodies to him, unprotected, every last one of them. She says, to say I'm heartbroken and disgusted is an understatement. To ask me to stay and accept it is absolutely insane. The mentality of a narcissist, I will no longer lie to the public or pretend that this is something it isn't. She says, I choose me. I choose my happiness and health and my respect. She also asked folks to stop sending her videos of her husband's cheating because that's what they were doing as well. 
in the plot twist of all this, Neo was just doing an interview about two weeks ago where he was talking about how he was repairing his marriage mm-hmm. and he was doing better. Wow. Who is it? Who's sick? I'm sick. Of all I'm of sad, it. but you know, yeah, move on, carry on, get someone that will respect you. Well, moving on and carry on is a lot harder. It's Obviously. easier said than done. Eight years is a long time. You forget. Dating has changed. How do you go back into the world with three kids? Yeah. Dating. Trying to find a new life. It's going to be a process, but I'm happy she's just not staying in a bad marriage with someone who's basically abusing her. I know. I know that's right. And Neo ain't even that cute. And his songs ain't really even that good. He thinks he can get away with it because he, uh, yeah. I like a a lot of Neo songs, you know. But no more, actually. I forgot Are how you good. turned off from his songs Honestly, now? Honestly, I forgot how good. Look at, y'all remember this song? I literally just forgot how good Miss Independent was. This is a good one. It's a bop. Like Miss that, Independent. Miss, yes, this is, this is a karaoke it's song a, for me. Is it really? I love this Okay, song. we're giving too much props to this oh, cheating sorry, man. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't, don't <laughs> listen to his new album. <laughs> that is your team report. More coming up next hour. Wow. Okay, after this, <laughs> how is your job impacting your sleep and how many uh, years of sleep do you... Uh, or years of your life, are you asleep? Oh, wow. We're going to give you the answer next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, the average person will spend at least 20 years of their life asleep, which is somewhat depressing. Like, I really love sleep, but then when I hear this, I'm like, oh, damn, I am Just wasting 20 my years? life. It says that according to this I feel article. like it should be more, especially if you're older or, like, if you're younger. Like, I, well, younger it kind of makes sense, but I feel like if you're older... You should be spending more time getting a lot of more rest. So like only twenty years feels like twenty years ago for time. Twenty years. I'm like out of the time now. I'm twenty nine now. That's not a lot of time. It feels like a lot. That means like you are wasting away twenty years. Literally, that is like not Um, a lot of time. And unfortunately, one in three people will have a sleep disorder at some point in their lives. So what's to blame for all this tossing and turning? Morgan Smith joins us right now from CNBC's Make It. Thanks for being here. Yeah, happy to be back. You know, a lot of these stats are just, uh, you know, it's, it's I don't want to say mind-blowing, but I'm like, I can't believe we spent that much time sleeping. What is the one thing impacting our sleep we might not be realizing and you bring up in this article? It could be our nine-to-five, Shira. And as depressing as that might be, the silver lining is that it is quite easy to fix our sleep schedules. And, and I'm sure we'll dig into that later in our conversation. But there is hope. So don't be <laughs> don't be too sad when you read these statistics is the, the takeaway. Well, yeah, and I, I just wonder when it comes to, like, the ways that our society is shaped around hustle culture and working and then also just, like, not even just our ideas around that, but, like, the idea of, like, you can't afford things or have a certain amount of income if you're not working, which if you're working all the time, a lack of sleep, all of these things are connected. So I wonder how much that plays into a study like this when you're like thinking about your sleep schedule. Right. And at a very basic level, it's just that the most popular work schedules are just working against our body's natural sleep and wake pattern. I interviewed several sleep experts on this topic and they all agreed that yes, you do need that those eight hours of sleep per night to, to be at your 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 best, most functioning self. But in addition to those eight hours, the sweet spot for most adults is to sleep between eleven PM and seven AM. And when you think about the average person's job, you're usually waking up before 7 a.m. to make that long commute. You work your frontline job. We have a lot of folks who have to get there at work at the crack of dawn or work overnight shifts in healthcare. And, and 
those types of work shifts are working against our body's natural sleep wake pattern, the circadian rhythm. Hence, you're not getting the kind of sleep that your body needs. And and that can cause a host of issues later on in life. Sleep, sleep deprivation is associated with hypertension, cardiovascular disease, and cognitive impairment, among other health issues. So you are the kind of person that says, hey, I only need six hours of sleep to function. 20 years from now, you might, you might be saying, man, I really wish I paid better attention to my sleep. Wait, what age is considered an adult here? <laughs> Like at 18. Sorry, can you repeat the question? <laughs> no, I was saying, like, what age is considered an adult here? Is it like an like starting at 18? I feel like an 18 versus like a 25-year-old yeah. is a completely mm. different adulthood. Yes, we'll say we'll say um, the average adult will say 25 and up. Love and that. that's, that is not scientific by any means. I'm just saying really anecdotally yeah. from conversations with sleep experts that the sleep needs of a teenager, of a college student are usually vastly different than a person whose brain is fully developed. And that usually happens around age 25 or late 20s. And, so we'll yeah. say once you're a couple of years removed from school, mm-hmm. fully in the workforce, we'll say at this point, that's who these statistics and these recommendations are applying to. And also, even if you get that 11 to 7 a.m. sleep, which if you are, congratulations, you might not be sleeping well. And what I would call attention to is a lot of our most popular habits, rituals, practices are actually damaging our sleep. Drinking caffeine in the afternoon, for example. A lot of sleep experts that I spoke with agreed, you're really not supposed to be drinking caffeine by after 4 p.m. or noon if you're more sensitive to its effects because caffeine stimulates the body's central nervous system, keep you awake and alert, and such effects can linger for hours after you have that last cup of coffee or that Red Bull, making it harder to wind down before bed. What else? You also mentioned other things that we might be doing in your article. Yeah, so I will admit, Shira, I love my 7 p.m. hot yoga class, but now now I might consider taking an earlier class because sleep experts said working out at night, too, can also be damaging your sleep because cardiovascular exercise increases the core body temperature for at least one to two hours, even after a workout is done, which interrupts the body's natural process of cooling off that helps us fall asleep. So even that late night workout class, too, while you might feel great immediately after, could also secretly be damaging your sleep. Yeah, and even if you like, I'm just thinking of the people who are in this space where they can't change their schedule. It's locked in what it is. How can they still adapt to making sure that they're taking care of themselves? I think baby steps are really important. And it is actually easier than we think to figure out your body's ideal sleep schedule, that sweet spot where you're working in line with your body's natural circadian rhythm. And I even experimented with this myself. It's as simple as on a weekend or on a day where you're working from home or working a later shift, ideally, and you can afford to sleep in or or maybe experiment if you're feeling really risky, (laughs) wake up without an alarm, test out your body's natural wake-up time. So go to sleep when it's convenient for you, ideally before 11.30 p.m., and then see what time you wake up. And if you feel great waking up at 8 a.m., your body's circadian rhythm is probably naturally around there or in line with that time. But if you still feel a bit groggy or you feel like you slept too much, experiment with 30-minute increments. So set your alarm for 7.30 or 7 a.m. Or if you feel like you need more sleep, set it for 8.30 or 9 a.m. And just keep taking those baby steps to figure out your ideal sleep schedule. And to the best of your ability, you want to stick with that. Experts told me you don't want to go more than two hours before or after that sleep schedule. So if your natural sleep schedule is 11 to 7, try to stick as closely to that as you can. And if not, then do a 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. wake-up time okay. or just, just try to stay within that two-hour window. Okay, well, thank you so much for all those tips. That was Morgan Smith from CNBC's Make It. Really appreciate it.
Of course. Hope you both get better night's sleeps after this. <laughs> well, speaking of sleep, the internet is divided over a woman's opinion on her gropey husband who wants sex too much. Oh. Is she the problem? Is he the problem? We're divi- I mean, we're diving right into it up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so the internet is divided after a woman sparked a fierce debate after complaining about her husband groping her and nagging her for sex. So she took to this British parenting forum for some advice and basically said that he wants sex more than once a week and is constantly trying to touch her. Now, some people said that this behavior is abusive and urged her to get the hell out. And then others claim that they have mismatched sex drives and basically sympathize with the man and saying that, guess what? If he wanted to go, you know, cheat on you, guess what? He basically has a right. So, let's talk about this because... It, I feel like, I I mean, that, you sure you talked about this, uh-huh. having different sex drives. I think it's natural uh, for and common for two people in a relationship to have different sex drives or a different point in, depending on where you're at, like in the relationship or just in your life, you know, you're going through something, maybe your sex drive changes. But the one thing that is wrong about this is to like force yourself on someone. That is not right, right? You can have different sex drives, but like, that is, yeah, it could, could lean into abuse in a way, so definitely. let's talk about what the groping actually is, because she explained that she's been turned off by her horny, what she calls is her horny teenage husband, teenager husband, yeah, who she forces him, like, who she forces herself to have sex with once a week. She said mm. that he wants more and is constantly mouthing dirty comments at her, smacks her bottom if she bends over, puts his hand between her legs if she puts her feet up. Like, honestly, if I'm being honest... This honestly sounds like a like a, a married couple who is like ha- has a healthy kind of flirtation. Well, it would be healthy if she it was okay with her. She, I mean, but it's if she's not over okay here with her. And she's saying him in that way forced. she should get out of the relationship. Exactly. I think that she's why is she oh, playing. She's over the relationship and he's still in it, and then she's just weirded out that he still wants to hook up with her. Which is like so annoying. Instead of having, why are you writing a parenting forum uh, when you could be? talking to your damn husband or going to counseling and, and bringing up there in that, in that space. And some, maybe she's scared. You just don't know. There's so many well, dynamics. Are you nervous to talk to your partner about it? I think that they're right? not me, but I think a lot of people have really unhealthy relationships with their partner and a lack of communication. Totally. Normal thing, unfortunately. That said, so like, I don't, I don't want to make her feel bad for being in a crappy situation and like, to be honest, be like a lot of women out there who aren't very um, upfront about their needs, right? Right? And this mm-hmm. is just a thing based on the patriarchy. Right. And she's a victim of that. That said, she but gets to figure also, out what to, what she needs to do to get out of this situation. And, and that's the thing. I don't want to sound like a victim blamer here. But I also think if there has to be some point where you are also actively trying to remove yourself from the situation. That Seems like her this writing this person was her intent. No, she's not, she's not talking to him unless he, if he, unless he like is on the British parenting forum as well. He's not finding out any of this. Well, now it's gone she's viral. She's forcing herself to have sex with him when she does not have to. That is bad. That is... And when, you're also yeah, like... That's not good. If he is like... I think I understand why people are on his side saying like, Girl, let him go so he can find someone who is his match. Why are you sticking around with him? But I also think, like, you, I mean, body autonomy is so important. Consent is so important. You know, it's taken me a long time, even in my my relationship now, to be able to tell my partner when I don't want to do it. Because, like, so many times you're like, oh, not you want to give in, but you want to be a good partner, right? You want to be, like, the ultimate partner, which means, like, you're on it all the time, which is not 
realistic. It's taken me a long time to really share how I feel like in the moment even without feeling bad or guilty or like I'm Can wrong. Can your husband sexually harass you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is literally something that has been debated specifically so, amongst I mean, Republicans who think like, oh, because you're married, you've consented, you can't be raped, which is not true. No, that's not true. I, but I, yeah, that is so, I guess I'm I'm just thinking of like sexual harassing in any other format, like in this way that she's describing in the sense of like, it sounds like he's being like flirty with his partner. Well, we just don't know if she has told him up front, like, hey, this right. makes if me feel uncomfortable. That, that's where I don't want this. Yes. If she's not unfortunately saying anything to him and she's just letting him go and then internalizing it, that's where Even though, that's an well, issue. I will say, even though I, there have been conversations about nonverbal cues being totally. just as important as verbal cues. Well, yeah, but if she's, we just don't know really what's happening. But just from hearing this, there's an issue. Get help. This is probably not the right relationship. <laughs> Period. Ah, I, but I, I, I do think. They both got a part to do with this. Of course, it takes two to tango. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I hate the thing of like, yeah, go cheat on her and blah blah blah. Like this is an unhealthy relationship. Let's not like. Not even go cheat on her. Uh, sensationalize have a conver- it. Conversation about opening up your marriage. What if they white? What if they like staying with each other, but totally. they just don't want to have sex with each other? We, we won't Open know. Up your marriage. Totally. Do y'all? There's think? a lot of options. All right. Well, let us know your thoughts about this. Is the is who whose side are you on? Is there any side really? What does this mean for you? Uh, LGT show online on All social right. means. Amazing. Well, next up, what the study reveals about low income kids and what impacts their income as an adult. This is just really fascinating. Next, let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This latest study really shows the power of your network. Okay, so researchers from Harvard analyzed 21 billion friendships on Facebook. They found that poor children who make friends with rich kids are more likely to increase their future incomes. <laughs> Which is, uh, I guess, uh, more reason why you should be friends with the rich folks, because then that means uh, you can get rich or um, die trying. Well, I mean, yeah, you know. Is this, does this kid, surprise you? If you're going to have a kid... You got to teach them up right. Teach them up right now. I think this is awful, <laughs> if I'm being quite honest. Like, depending on where you... It's, I feel like it also depends on where your child is going. So, like, if they're going to, like, a public school... I, at my public school, at least, I didn't know a lot of rich kids at my public school. It was just, like, regular folks, right? And maybe some people were more well-off than others, but it wasn't like anybody was, like, insanely rich. Now, if your child is going to, like, a private school and they've just so happened to be what this article caused them, which the poor one then I feel like it's already probably an uncomfortable situation being you're already, especially depending on the age, you're understanding there's a difference between the way you live and other folks live. And I think that already inherently can create these dynamics uh, from a hierarchy or it can create these dynamics where you're uncomfortable and you feel like you have to impress certain folks to fit in. And being a kid is all about, unfortunately, being surrounded in a system of, like, you have to fit in or you have to be, like, something, something. Yeah, of course. I do think teaching your kids about the power of a network, especially, but I don't think this this shouldn't exist until maybe possibly, like, the tail end of high school or college. If your kid's doing this, then they are... I mean, fa- uh, a networker. That's a what I'm saying. Future networker. If I catch my child doing this <laughs> when he's like in the third grade, first of all, I'm proud of you, baby. Good job. 
you're finding the gold pot and you're making the most out of it. Here's the hope. I, I hope, though, that my biggest worry for something like this is you finding the gold pot, pot and being friends with people that are either hurt you or not good people oh, to you. of course. You know That's what I mean? Where you're, like, case. justifying it because you can get something. That That is a downward spiral. Even though I just found out, I have a, I have a friend who I just found out how, like, insanely rich, like, yeah. his parents are. And... It's always so interesting because even the way he talks about it, like I feel like depending on if you are a rich kid with some common sense and some decency yeah. about yourself, you don't want to talk about no, that. No, you don't really. want it because you it, like, you know it changes people's perception literally. of you. Literally. Yeah. And I just found out like his like they just did a family vacation and honey, they they took a private jet just to San Diego. Okay. Like it was like it's rich rich. They should he, be on that, you know, that Twitter that the guy who's tweeting about the celebs taking the private jets. <laughs> well, they were coming from Houston, so that's not okay, too bad, right? Not. Although that's very expensive. <laughs> but I think about I think uh-huh. about depending on yep. you know if you can. I, I think it's more important to teach your kids about just connecting with people based off of like if you get good vibe, get good vibes from them yes, versus exactly. their money. Well, there's a reason. And if they be- happen to be rich. That's yeah. why you're great. Well, there's a reason behind this. It, it, this might be a, also uh, the reasoning is that people who are born with money are more more sensitive to the plight of the poor than those who have gone rags to riches. What the hell does that this mean? This was connected oh, to it. Tiny Tim, you're so poor. <laughs> no, it's meaning like there's empathy of like, oh, maybe I want to help you out or I want to support you versus no. someone that has a rags to riches story. Uh, no. Maybe they're like, you got to struggle like I do. Well, that's true. That, now that's interesting. That's what I'm saying. But like, I, I also don't like this idea of like a like a rich person being like, oh, I know how rich I am and you're just so poor that I have to give you something. I don't think, I think that it's that I I'm going to, like, if I have money and I happen to have a friend that I know doesn't have as much money as I do, yeah. I want to help them out because I care about them, yeah. right? But that's different. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, maybe if it's, what this study shows, if it's someone that's rags to riches, they aren't as likely to do that. So it's all kind of connected here in a way. Well, are you teaching your kids how to make friends? In what ways are you doing it? I think that's the most important way, regardless of if they're rich or not. But, honey, I'm just saying, if, you know, you happen to be best friends with the next Beyonce, then please let me know. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we're wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. This one goes out to, I would say, uh, this person on TikTok whose video went viral but um, and started his transition earlier this year. But also, an extra Yes Queen for his grandfather, who's like the star of this video. Hey, Grandpa. Yes. So, Kazorla Fernandez has been posting videos of his process of transitioning, including his gender-affirming surgery. But really, the one of the standout videos is of his grandfather removing an old photo of him at his graduation and replacing it with an updated photo, then adding the frame to his collection of family photos. And it's like the sweetest thing ever. Oh. Yes. Um, he explains, I posted this one specifically because a lot of trans youth are scared about what their family members will think or do when they come out. I was certainly worried about that too. I posted the video to show that it isn't a generational issue, that being old isn't an excuse to be unsupportive of family you are supposed to love. Oh, wow. I mean, oh my God, producer Shelby, can we please post that on our Insta story at LGT show? I think everyone really deserves cute. to see it. It's, it's, really it's like, no, like, audible. Yes, yeah, so we could yeah. share it. Yeah, Just share there. it. Anyway, yeah. so as Aww. a family, they get our yes queen of the day. So adorable. Uh, yeah. Yes, queen. Uh, the, one of the older Yaz queens we've shared recently. <laughs> older? He the grandfather. Why, why great you, ally. It's like you were so, doing so well. <laughs> then you just called him out. And uh, that does it for our show today. But we are back 
tomorrow, weekdays here live on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern Live. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. Uh, before we go, what's coming up tomorrow, Shelby? We are going to be talking about um, COVID but because Biden <laughs> was reinfected after just three days yeah. of testing negative. So there's this conversation of rebound COVID and what is that period of like no longer being contagious because they were worried that he was still contagious in those three days that he was negative. Um, so yeah, we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Okay, that's a super important conversation. But as we go, I also want to give a yes queen for me not biting my nails. Oh, amazing. Yeah, that yes. is a big yes queen. My, my nail beds actually look presentable for once Congrats. in my entire life. So love pretty it. excited about it. All right. Well, we are sending you all love and light. And honey, remember to slay and please don't bite your nails. Yes, it's kind of gross if you think good. about it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.